Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time are you being influenced if you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade then there's a chance it's been influenced by the chinese communist party Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off.
This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Why did the Indians get massacred? Well, did they get massacred? Kind of. You know what? We're going to unpack all that today on the Jesse Kelly Show. It is a Tuesday, and we are back. Now, obviously, I when I say we are back, we as you know, I was in the chair yesterday and did a Memorial Day special. That was kind of a different show. I realized that was a somber show. It was a day where we honored the fallen yesterday. If you missed it, it's it's right there on the podcast, iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. It's all there. But we did a somber Memorial Day show. Today, not so somber. Yes, we're going to talk about an Indian massacre and the Old West and controversial offensive things. We're going to talk about little things like World War III and cartels murdering policemen. Yeah, little stuff like that. We're going to talk about why communists want you dead. And we're going to have a blast while we do all of these things. And, of course, BK of the famous World News with BK coming in the final hour to talk about these foreign policy things. couple housekeep- housekeeping items. Sometimes, Chris, I want to merge housekeeping and house cleaning. And I don't know why I do that. Chris, that's not right. I'm not even going to say what Jewish producer Chris just said to me right now about it being all women's work. That's not right. Anyway, a little housekeeping. No, you have not missed the big announcement. But I do think it's coming tomorrow. If not tomorrow, I'm anticipating it will be the next day. So, yes, there are big And I mean big changes coming to the Jesse Kelly show. They are very good changes. Got to pinch myself here. No, when I say big, you know this, I don't don't jerk you around when it comes to that kind of stuff. When I say big, I don't mean we're having a new intro song. Although, actually, not. No, actually, forget about that. I'm not giving, I just mean something very, very big is coming. All right? So you didn't miss that. That's still on the way. Let's dig into our story today. Cowboys and Indians. Well, the Old West and Indians. And I struggle with trying to find good material on getting real information about Indians. And I mean real information on the battles they fought, especially whenever they fought them with white people or Mexicans, both of which took place in this story. And the reason I struggle with it is America's history, actually the West's history they teach, is absolutely detestable. Detestable. It is. A, I couldn't imagine sending my son off to do a project on the Indians at this point. As you know, I try not to pick good guys and bad guys in history. And you also know what an Indian freak I am. I love Indians. I think it's awesome. I I just think that, I think the tribe, hunter, gatherer life, different traditions, you know, family focused. I think it's cool. I'm not saying I would want to live there, but I've always thought it was a cool since I was a kid. So I say this to you as an Indian fan, you cannot find any material. And I mean, if you can, good for you. I couldn't find any material 
on Indians or something that happened that wasn't over-the-top pro-Indians. I can't believe they were genocided by these evil white men. And I mean all of it. I'm talking 15 different sources I'm digging through for a show like today. There are some topics that you simply can't get accurate information on. And the topics that's the worst of that are American history topics. Why? Because the communists wormed their way through our American history system and taught America that America was evil. That's why. You learn enough history from these people, from the ones I tried to source for this story, you'll hate. I I see why so much of America, especially young people, I see why they hate themselves. I see why they hate America. If this is all you know, it's unbearable, and I'll get into that as we go on. Let's go out west. Specifically, well, I guess it depends on where you are in the country. Specifically, let's go to Arizona. Let's talk about some Apaches. Now, Apaches are some of my favorite Indians, Apaches and Comanches and Sioux, and, but Apaches are some of my favorite Indians. They were pushed west by the Comanches. The Apaches were fierce, warrior-like people, but they really there was nobody who could stand up to the Comanches. The Comanches stood up to the U.S. government for quite some time. The, 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 the Mexican government flat out brought Texas settlers to Texas to create a buffer zone between them and the Comanches. Like, please, just attack them instead. The Comanches were brutal. So the Apaches, way, way, way back when, they get pushed west. They get, what's that word? We'll use this word today. Uh, Starts with a C. Conquered. That's what they got. They got conquered. So they were pushed out west. Now, the Apaches were... And you'll have to decide for yourself whether you think this is good or bad. I don't look at it that way. I I do say I look at it as being pretty cool, but that's easy to say in hindsight. The Apaches were violent. They were violent people. Extremely violent. No, all Indian tribes were not extremely violent. There were several that were real agrarian society types. There were many who were violent. There were many who weren't. The Apache way of life was kidnapping, slave trading, torture. The the torture went right along with kidnapping. They specialized in torture to try to prompt you to pay a ransom if you were trying to get somebody back. Uh, That whole saying of save the last bullet for yourself. They really practiced that in the U.S. Army when they were out fighting against the Apache. If you found yourself in an ambush, you did not allow yourself to be captured alive. You're much better off just ending it now because they will make sure it takes you a long time to die. They were raiders. No, not like the sorry Oakland football team. Wait, do they still play in Oakland? I don't watch the NFL anymore. Anyway, but that's what they did. They raided. What does that mean? That means weaker Indian tribes, a weak village here. Let's let's just be frank. Let's be upfront about what a raid is. They ride in. They take everything of value they want, including women and children, if they so desire, kill some men, and ride out. Now, we would say in general, with our morality in this country, with our moral fabric we have now, our Judeo-Christian moral fabric, we would look at that way of life and say, those are probably the bad guys. I just don't look at history in that way. 
I, I understand it was a different culture, a different way of life, but I need you to understand that about the Apache as we go into our story today. They were not passive, meek, mild. They were violent. Very, very violent. They were absurdly good, and I mean absurdly good wilderness people. They simply could disappear in front of your eyes. They knew every nook and cranny of the areas they occupied, and they were just outstanding. The Army, in order to finally run down and chase down the last of the Apache, they kept failing and failing at it. They had to hire other Apaches. They had to hire Apache scouts, or they, they just, you couldn't find Apaches otherwise. You couldn't find, they were, like I said, they were awesome. But whatever your culture is, as a nation, as a powerful nation, as a small nation, as a tiny, tiny tribe, as a big tribe, whatever your culture is, you're going to get benefits from it, probably. That's why it's a culture. But you're going to get consequences, too. And there are huge consequences for your culture sometimes. What do I mean by that? Well, let's talk about those. Also, North Korea warning us? Uh-oh. Jesse Kelly show. You know, Jake's mint chew. It's your path to freedom from dip. It's your path to freedom from smoking. I dipped tobacco for so long. It just became part of me. And because of that, when I decided I wanted to quit or when I decided I should quit, I I should say I never wanted to quit. But when I decided it was time to quit. I needed help because I tried so many things and nothing worked. That stupid nicotine gum didn't work. The patch, all the, the, none of it worked. Jake's Mint Chew is what worked. Because it's tobacco-free and it's nicotine-free, but it still allows me to throw in a dip when I want to. So I can keep my routine for a while while I get off the bad stuff. It's that incredible. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE when you get to checkout. That'll get you 20% off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Oh, it's so good to be back. I mean, even though I was here yesterday, it felt, look, I'm glad we did the show we did. We will always do a show on Memorial Day, but it didn't feel right even joking around. You know what? Does that make sense, Chris? It just didn't feel right joking around. It just it was a show dedicated to them. All right, enough about me, Chris. You know I don't like to talk about myself. All right, let's get back to our story today before we get to North Korea. Why are we being threatened by North Korea? Uh, you know, I have to say as a brief side note before I get back to my Indian story today, sometimes I think about how I'm going to die. 
And I, it's not like I want to die. Don't, don't call the suicide hotline on me. But you wonder how you're going to die one day, right? How is it going to be? Am I going to get in a car wreck? Is it going to be cancer? Am I going to fall out of a plane? Is the plane going to fall out of the sky? Because I don't think I would fall out of a plane. In hindsight, that doesn't sound like something likely. But you understand what I mean. If you had to pick a way to go, what's wrong with getting nuked? I mean, you want to be, don't get me wrong, you want to be fairly towards the center. I don't want to get just singed a little bit. I I would like to get, if I'm going to get nuked, I want to get nuked. But isn't it, I think it's a thousand degrees. It's some, I'm almost positive it's a thousand degrees. Is it higher, Chris? Chris, look up the temperature. <laughs> I'm not what you'd call a scientist. Look, it's really hot. Okay. But it's, it's really hot and it's really hot instantly. So it would be virtually painless for one, two, you, you don't have to worry about the relatives debating whether or not to have an open casket. What, Chris? A hundred million degrees? See what I mean? You're not feeling anything. You're instantly a hundred million degrees. Um, like I said, there's no debate over open or closed casket because they can basically bury you in a, in a chewing gum wrapper. If they can even find the ash that's left behind, you didn't feel any pain whatsoever. You ended the debate on cremation, right? And... You died in a nuclear blast. Isn't that kind of cool? Why are we talking about this? Let's get back to our story. Let's get back to our story about the Indians. We're we're actually specifically discussing a massacre that took place. But as I was saying going into this, culture has consequences. Culture, whatever your culture, even if you have a great one, it has consequences. Big time consequences. If you're the Apache and you make your living kidnapping people, slave trading, raiding, that's a violent existence. You're going to get a real rough reputation real quickly. They were hated by so many people around them, not just the white people. They were hated by other Indian tribes. Because remember, before the white people showed up, they were raiding the other Indian tribes. They were absolutely despised by the Mexicans. And and look, and vice versa, the feeling was mutual. Apaches and Mexicans were always killing each other. You remember, it's one of the legendary things we've talked about on the show. It's actually really cool. The great Apache chief Geronimo, uh, he was on his deathbed. And they asked him if he had any regrets, if he had anything he'd do differently. He said, yeah, I wish I'd killed more Mexicans. That was his honest deathbed. So, like I said, they just were constantly at war, constantly violent. And the best way I want to describe that is this. Violence tends to spread. And the misery and resentment and bitterness left behind from violence, it spreads too. How many people does your tribe have to kidnap, murder, torture for virtually everyone else in the area to be affected by it in some way? Either it was your dad, your brother, your cousin, your cousin's cousin, your uncle, someone in your village. It doesn't take long for people to be touched by your violence and hate you for it. Now let's fast forward a little bit. 
white people start moving moving west. Really, really moving west. This is obviously in the 1800s and definitely post-Civil War, which is when our story is going to take place. They're moving west. They're starting to occupy the land. And the thing is, another lie you've been told about Indian tribes, an embarrassing lie told by our disgusting anti-American communist education system. Sorry, I don't mean to get sidetracked here. Is Did you know the, the white people came out and they gobbled up all the land and the, the Indians, they didn't even believe in owning land. They didn't know what land ownership was. The noble savage, he would never dream of owning a piece of Mother Earth. Oh, shut up. They were killing each other over land all the time. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Just like white people, they're all the same. Remember, all people are the same, and the world is easier to understand when you realize that. They wanted the most fertile ground, the best water supply, the best hunting stuff. They were people trying to survive. The problem is, if you and I, we both decide we're going to move to a little town somewhere. We're separate. We're not together. Sadly for you, we're not together. But we're separately trying to move to a little town somewhere. And we have our choice. Let's say the town is empty. There was a nuclear blast, Chris. Only now the place is clear. What, Chris? Now the place is clear and we can go in. We can buy whatever we want. And you and I walk into the town. How likely is it that you and I are going to pick the same lot, the same plot of ground to live on? It's fairly likely because there's probably one really great one. You know, we're two really, really great ones. When white people are moving west, they're settling in all the best areas, the areas the Indians had previously occupied and hunted. And there's tension Immediately on both sides. When I tell my story, it's also not a pro, you know, pro white settler story. It's just, I'm just giving you the history of it. They were killing each other and killing each other very early on. The white people are moving in, settling down. They look down on the Indians who they don't understand because the Indians aren't Christian and the Indians do do what, 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 what the West would consider more barbaric things when it comes to war. And then the propaganda, and so the Indians are resentful, white people are, white people are resentful, they're killing, stealing each other. It's, it's, it's ugly. It's really ugly. And in the Arizona ter- Territory, it was really, really ugly, and it was really ugly for a couple different reasons. Well, there were, you know, Tucson. There was the city of Tucson. It was the capital of the Arizona Territory at the time. The 1870s is what we're talking about here. And there were a bunch of settlers there, not just white settlers. There was Mexican settlers. There were Tohono Autumn Indians. They're actually going to play a, a role in our story today. And if I screwed up the pronunciation of that name, sue me. I went to community college. But there's a huge Indian tribe there, white people there, Mexicans there. And there was still a large Apache population in the state of Arizona. Well, when white people move west and when they're encouraged by their government to move west and settle down and buy up land, they'll do it. Remember, the people who moved west were almost universally really poor or really rich. There weren't many middle class people who moved west. But you move west, you settle down. Government told us to, but, but government's not protecting us. My... my my ranch just got raided by Apaches. They carried off 
20 of my cattle. That was my whole life savings. Why isn't the Army doing something about it? Why isn't the government doing something about it? Well, there's something else to remember. This is post-Civil War. What does that mean? I'll explain what that means in a moment. Then we'll get to the Mexican cartels hunting down police. Hang on. You know, not many times in life you get a second chance. Well, this is your second chance. Last week, I told you, Eden Pure was doing a special only for that week on their Eden Pure Thunderstorm air purifiers, the best ones out there. They had a special. You could buy three and save $200. You could buy three for under 200 bucks. Well, it was so absurdly popular, they decided to extend it for one more week. One more week. If you go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code word JESSE and the number three, that's JESSE and the number three, you can save $200. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Put in the code JESSE3 and save 200 bucks. Look, I own three of these things for a reason. Go and do likewise. Kill the mold. Kill the mildew. Get rid of those viruses. EdenPureDeals.com. JESSE3. Mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fil- fitness. But I'm looking forward to this, man. You walk behind me in a debate. Come here, man. We can't rebuild our economy and meet this climate crisis. Exacerbating the need for environmental, for environmental justice. Sorry, as a bug. <laughs> Speaking of the environment. We need to work again with Canada and Mexico as neighbors, not as adversaries. As adversaries. Donald Trump does pose an extra strength to this. It's not hypothetical. There's things that are worth dealing with China tough on. That makes it far more durable. (laughs) I know that's immature, but it makes me laugh every time. All right, we'll get back to that. I actually have somewhere I'm going. I wasn't just playing that to laugh at Joe Biden. I have somewhere I'm going with that in a moment. Let me finish my history story. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Back to our story, 1870s, Arizona. The people of Arizona, the Mexicans who live there, the white people who live there, the, the Tohono Autumn Indians who, who live there, they're mad because the army isn't protecting them. But the army isn't, uh, you know, isn't shirking on their duties because they just feel lazy that day. There's not much money for an army. Wars cost a bunch of money. Economies, they're kind of important. The Civil War bankrupted this country for a while. There wasn't an army big enough to patrol all of Arizona. So a lot of these raids were still happening. And again, you can't, everyone makes every excuse in the world for this. 
Every history book makes every excuse in the world for these Indian raids that were happening on baggage trains, on cattle theft and kidnapping and murder. And, oh, they say it was the Indian. We don't know that. Oh, they suspect uh, this was probably another setup. I mean, they're so stupid and over the top. Of course they were doing it. That, that was their way of life. It's fine. You don't have to judge them. Everything doesn't have to be viewed through this white guilt prism. It's 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 unbelievable. Let me tell you something. Before we go any further, I've told a bunch of Indian stories, and I'll tell a bunch more because I love them. What happened to the Indians in America is the same thing that happened to every other tribal people in the world. They got conquered by a more technologically advanced power. That's not uniquely American or uniquely evil. That's the history of the world. Do not get conquered. If you're not strong enough militarily to stop somebody, you're going to get conquered. That's not pro-white. That's not pro-Indian. That's not pro-anything. It's just the way it is, Jack. You know that's coming. You understand that's coming for us one day, right? I mean, I hope that's several, several, several generations. I hope it's a thousand years down the road. But you do understand the history, history of the world says we will get weak enough and somebody will come knocking at the door, and they'll take us. They'll walk in here and do whatever they want with us. They will, because that's how the world works. Anyway, these raids are still happening. And that ingrained hatred of Apaches is still there. But there is, there is another thing that constantly, well, there's a couple of different things that constantly confounded Americans. One the Indian tribes were so separate, and we never liked to, or I should say Americans at the time, never liked to view them in that way because that's not how our society worked. What I mean by that was, I mean, there were just there were several different kinds of Apaches. And within those several different kinds of Apaches, you have several different tribes within them. And sometimes the tribes within the same clan will go to war with each other. And you have a chief uh, uh, or an important man in this tribe, and, and, and you deal with him and think you're dealing with, quote, the Apaches. He doesn't have any authority in the tribe right next door. There's not a president of the United States of the Apaches. That's not how that worked. And so we were constantly making deals with people who didn't have the authority to uphold deals, and they're making deals with our people who didn't have the authority to uphold deals. What I mean by that is... Like one of the main characters in our story today, even though I'm not really going to go into him at all, he was an army guy. The Apache, this gigantic group of Apache, they'd been, they'd been fighting us, they'd been on the run, and finally they were starving to death. And the chief makes the right call, and he just goes to the army base. It's about 60 miles north of Tucson called Camp Grant. He makes the call, and he just goes to the base, knocks on the door. Hey, uh, we want to turn ourselves in. Uh, we're starving. We want to turn ourselves in. Please just give us some food. So the the the, the commander there does take them in, and t- they're essentially prisoners of war. But he takes them in. He does feed them. He was a lieutenant. They start negotiating with him, and he's a lieutenant. Now, I understand I may not be dealing with all military people. Undoubtedly, I'm not. But a lieutenant? is the lowest level of officer you can possibly be. Right when you graduate officer candidate school, they make you a lieutenant. Well, to the Indians, 
this is the guy in charge. And he was. He was in charge of that particular camp. This is not a man of authority at all. And while he was, his name is Lieutenant Whitman, he was reportedly a good man and wanted to do right by these Apache. He, he can't get somebody to open his letters when he's email, emailing, when he's mailing them back saying, hey, uh, I've got a bunch of Apache here. What do you want me to do with these people? He, he quite literally I didn't make that up. He didn't put the right information on the outside of one of his letters. They sent it back to him unopened. Follow protocol and put the right information on the letter. That's who we're dealing with here. And he's dealing with, you know, a chief, not the chief. Well, there had been a couple incidents recently in this area. A baggage train had been robbed. A couple dudes got killed. I think it was 16 mules got stolen. And then a rancher got killed. And then a Mexican woman got kidnapped. All of these things were blamed on the Indians, on specifically the Apache Indians. Was it the Apache? I have absolutely no idea. No idea. Believe me, if you read any history book or watch anything on this, you will hear, of course, that the Apache didn't do any of this. It was obviously so. That's absurd. Of course, they probably did. But I I don't know. But to the people of Tucson, this was the final straw. They had had enough. The army wasn't protecting them. They were tired of these raids, tired of this theft, tired of this murder. So they were going to do something about it. And when I say people of Tucson, remember, I'm not just talking about white people. There were the Tohono Autumn Indians and there were the Mexicans there too. It was a gigantic melting pot area. They all got together and said, all right, let's go get some justice. Let's go take care of these Apaches. What did they do? Well, 92 of the Tohono Autumn Indians, 42 Mexicans, and six white people took off. And they took off with the intention of murder. And murder is exactly what they did. They snuck up on an Apache village. And even if it was Apache who robbed the baggage train, you know, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't know if it was these Apache. I mean, it really, this whole thing is just ugly, terrible. They sneak up on an Apache village. They charge in in the dark with clubs and guns. And they're expecting to have half a battle, except all the men are gone. All the men have left to go hunting. Now you have a village full of women and kids. What happened next? Well, I'll tell you what happened next. We'll wrap this up and then we'll move on. Hang on. Jesse Kelly returns next. Northwest Retention Systems makes custom-made gear. That's why I love it. Look, when it comes to things that don't really matter that much, I'll be honest with you, I don't take a lot of time. I don't spend the money on it. When it comes to a a T-shirt, I don't care where I get a T-shirt. When it comes to things that can save my life, like, 
tires and holsters. I spend the money, I take the time, and I go make sure I'm buying the best. Why have you taken the time to learn how to use your weapon safely and learn how to use it proficiently and then went and bought some big box store junk holster that they sell by the thousand? Go get something custom from Northwest Retention Systems. Go to nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the code JESSE at checkout. That gets you 10% off. Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly Show. Remember that time of coming around? Sounds like he's doing well. <laughs> it, is the, it is the Jesse Kelly Show. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Don't forget you can email me anything you want. All your emails go right to Jewish producer Chris. He prints them off for me. I read them all. Your love, your hate, your death threats, your ask Dr. Jesse questions. For Friday, we already have an Ask Dr. Jesse question in about eating an egg on a cheeseburger. I'm considering addressing this tough issue later on in the show. Stay what, Chris? Stay tuned for we'll hammer the tough topics. We have foreign policy expert Rebecca Heinrichs coming up in about 40 minutes, minutes too, to discuss all this, all this aggression. That's a great way to put it. All this aggression I see around the world right now. Let's finish up our story. 92 Tohono Autumn Indians, 42 Mexicans, six white people. They sneak up on this Apache village. They storm into the village with guns and knives and clubs. They kill between 85 and 144 of them. Only eight of them were men. All the men were gone. The rest were women and children. They kidnapped some, sold them into slavery in Mexico. The army actually came to help the Apache who had been attacked, but the army was way too late. They were absolutely mortified by what they saw. I mean, imagine imagine walking in and seeing that. Dead women and kids. This is unspeakably bad. This is called the Camp Grant Massacre, by the way. But while the army was staring at a bunch of dead bodies in horror, in absolute horror, do you know what they were doing in Tucson? They threw a big party. They celebrated. Now, why? Why such a difference? I mean, you had Ulysses S. Grant himself calling it flat-out murder. The federal government demanding a trial. And and the people of Tucson said, oh, okay, I'll give you a trial. They put 104 men uh, on trial for it, indicted 104 of them. They acquitted them all in 19 minutes. 19 minutes. Well, what? Why? Why such a difference? Well, it's a funny thing about life. And we're going through this right now, today, as a nation. 
where we can look at things so differently that there's simply no way we're ever going to come together on something. The army walked into that place and saw dead women and children who had been technically under the army's protection, remember, because they were really prisoners of war, and the women and kids. I mean, who could, who could imagine how horrible that would look? So the army's mortified, mortified, and rightfully so. The people of Tucson, they're the ones who'd been assaulted, kidnapped, murdered for a long time. They saw these people totally differently, totally differently than the army did. Now, the same thing happened. They both know what happened, but they looked at it a completely different way. That's what you're seeing in America today. You're seeing an America occupied by simply two people who don't live in the same reality. We're all trying to address the same problems. We don't occupy the same reality at all. That's why we're racing opposite directions as a nation. That's why I laugh when I talk to my friends who say these things. I mean, you know, I'm not exactly a a down and out person. I, I just don't do that. I think it's, look, life is what it is. We might as well laugh and have fun, right? But I, I'm also a realist. I talk to these people and they're, they're, they've, they either think it makes them sound nice or patriotic if they're all like, no, America's going to, we're just, we're about to come back. Oh, I've seen these problems before. And I'll ask him. I have a good friend of mine. I'm not going not gonna to name him because he's not here on the air. I would name him if he was on the air and he could argue with me. But I have a good friend of mine. And he'll argue with me and say, no, are you kidding me? We have a lot of stuff in common. We just, we just, we just kind of approach things differently. I said, okay, well, what do we have in common? And I asked him this. What do we have in common? And I waited, and it was just this. Just, just dead air as he processed it. Well, well, hold on. Okay, well, you're having a hard time coming up with anything. Can you name one thing? What do we have? Name, one, name me one thing. And you know what he said to me I, on my life? He said, well, I mean, we all want to breathe clean air. I said, You're, you think everyone wanting to breathe means we're a nation? Means we have things in common? I mean, that answers your question, right? We just simply occupy two different realities. There's no patching it back together. Whether we like it or not, whether you like it, whether I like it, whatever, whether we like it or not, we're already separated. The country's pulling apart. Maybe it should. We got some heavy stuff to talk about today. Hang on. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. 
Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Here's what we got on tap today. We have North Korea and Russia and Iran on the move. We're going to tackle that in a second. We have Mexico. The cartels are torturing people, hunting down police officers in their homes. We have... And I know this is going to be very heavy. This will be hard for everyone to deal with, but you're just going to have to sit down and take it. We have me doing one gigantic I told you so on the show. Do you remember when I told you the system was about to join together and tell you how bad beef was? The system was going to sell you on that. Remember I told you that? Oh, get ready. The mother of I told you so's is coming. Hang on. Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Two hundred million people have died. Probably by the time I finish this talk. Unnecessarily, now we have over 120 million dead from COVID. That's why I made it a priority my entire career to work closely with you. From the time I got to the Senate 180 years ago, <laughs> you know, as well as my tenure as vice president. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Kingswood Community Center. Actually, that's the one down I used to work. It's a joke. You know where we were. Anyway. Welcome to the nation's Constitution Center. I had the great privilege of being uh, a guest leader of this outfit for a year. (laughs) This is the Jesse Kelly Show. 877-377-4373. I shouldn't laugh, but look, I played that for you for this reason, and I played you a little bit earlier. 
I'm looking at three different headlines here. This is from the Daily Caller. North Korea warns of an acute and instable situation in in message to Biden administration. That's headline number one. Headline number two, this is from CNBC. Russia tells U.S. to expect uncomfortable signals ahead of Putin-Biden summit. Number three, this is from Politico. U.S. monitoring Iranian warships that may be headed to Venezuela. And as a side note, just number four, remember when China sat down on camera with our Secretary of State and flat out told us, you're not in a position of power. We've had this talk before. Let's have it again. And I know it's a hard talk, but it's one that I think you need to have. If you can do it in a comfortable way, I'm not trying to ruin your relationship with family and friends, but you have a family member or a friend who's a Democrat and voted for Joe Biden. You do. Don't be obnoxious, preach to them all the time guy. I'm not telling you that. But you have the guy, he's just always voted Democrat, you know. And, of course, he voted for Joe Biden. I didn't like Trump. Our Republicans are crazy. That, that, that kind of guy. You have that guy. It's maybe an opportunity for you to bring up to him, look, Democrat, Republican, so let's set all that aside. Because I'm actually not being partisan here for once, even though I'm an extremely partisan person. I'm not being partisan. Setting all that aside. The leader of a nation is critically important. It is critically important. When the United States president speaks, or fails to speak, but when the United States president speaks, the wolves of the world watch and observe. Do you remember that? We've told this story before. You remember when Russia decided... It was going to get a little more aggressive during the Cold War. When Khrushchev got to meet Kennedy for the first time, Kennedy was super young, fresh-faced. Khrushchev has a personal meeting with him. They just sit down, and Khrushchev reportedly walks out of that meeting and thinks, this kid is soft. Let's, let's, Let's get a little more aggressive with him. This kid is soft. We can push him around. You don't like to think that these huge, world-changing decisions are based on simple things like personality, right? You don't want to think about that. Oh, it's not because of a press conference. Yes, they are. Those are the things that change a world. The wolves are on the move in this world because Joe Biden is a half-functioning adult. I've said it before. I will say it again. I would rather have President Kamala Harris. And I understand right now you just simultaneously vomited and punched your radio when I said that. Believe me, I dislike Kamala Harris as much as you dislike Kamala Harris. I mean, my goodness, what's there to like? And in that way, I also show what it means to be a good neighbor, because this is also in the context of the Western Hemisphere. And in that way, we know that we are interconnected and in many ways interdependent when it comes to many issues. So um, today, we are launching our call to action 
for businesses to invest in the Northern Triangle. And that is one of the specific reasons that I've asked these business leaders to join us today. And so this focus includes digital inclusion, everything from digital inclusion to workforce development. Oh, gosh, just stop, Chris, stop. I can't take the voice anymore. I understand how physically painful it will be for you and for me when Kamala Harris is president of the United States of America. That's going to wound me, right? It's, that's going to hurt. But at least she is a fully functional adult. At least she is a fully functional adult. Joe Biden. We can't. Did you see what he said? Did you? Did you? Chris, please tell me you saw what he said. This is uh, setting the creepy factor aside. What? I'm especially honored to share the stage with Brittany and Jordan and Nathan and Margaret Catherine, I, uh, I love those barrettes in her hair, man. I tell you what, look at her. She looks like she's 19 years old sitting there with her, like a little lady in a race car. The girl was eight years old. Okay, that is one revoltingly creepy. When you're looking at an eight-year-old girl and saying things like, look at her, she looks like she's 19, that's... You know what? I'm not even going to go there. That Let's just say I strongly suspect some things, and I do. On top of all the touching and nuzzling, I strongly suspect some things. But setting that aside, play this again, Chris. I want you to imagine. Don't, don't listen to this like you're you. Listen to this like you're murderous scumbag, you know, the North Korean leader, Iranian leader, Russian leader, Chinese leader. Listen to this as if you're Vladimir Putin. And ask yourself, am I going to wait until this person's out of office and is replaced? Or if I have moves to make, should I make them right now? I'm especially honored to share the stage with Brittany and Jordan and Nathan and Margaret Catherine. I, uh, I love those barrettes in her hair, man. I tell you what, look at her. She looks like she's 19 years old sitting there with her, like a little lady in a race car. Okay, Chris, that needs to go ahead and be the last time we play that today or ever again. I feel like vomiting right now. That is that is extremely creepy, but look, there's a price to pay. There's a price to pay. And look, these people are getting more and more forward and aggressive with what they want, which I love, Yeah, but... The communists are getting more and more aggressive with what they want. And the truth is Joe Biden, as the head of the party, is simply not strong enough to stand up against it. He's not strong enough to keep his own party in check. There's this dude running for Congress. Mark Judson is his name. It, here's what he said. Fact. Every single Repu- if every single Republican voter magically disappeared tonight... In 10 years, the U.S. would have the best education in the world, most affordable quality health care in the world, most prosperous middle class, etc. That's a direct quote if every single Republican voter magically disappeared tonight. Joe Biden is actually oddly, because he was voted as, you know, the moderate. Joe Biden is going to help usher in the radical Democrat era. Because he's not strong enough to stop people like this.
How much trouble are we in? Well, hang on for this audio. One forty-five over ninety-two. One eighty over one eleven. One hundred and eighty-two over a hundred, and I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest, and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself. I didn't. Now I do. Uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We have foreign policy expert Rebecca Heinrichs coming up in about 10 minutes to talk to us about Iran, North Korea, Russia, all this stuff. She said she's sick and her voice isn't the best, so we will make sure we take the time to make fun of her voice to her face on the air. That's always a good time. Now, you and I have been together a while, right? How many hours have you heard my voice coming across the radio? How many personal stories have you heard of mine? How many things have you Heard me admit to, you know, a bunch of stuff about me. I'm, a, You know, I'm a bad person. You know the kind of person I am, and obviously that's not good. But you also know if there's one thing, one word you would use to describe me, it would probably be humble, right? So the what, Chris? So the last thing, the last thing I want to do is sit here behind this microphone and brag on myself. You know that's just not something that I would do. I don't want to call attention to me. I live I live my life for others. But, Chris, so I guess I'm going to have to do this, but I want you to know I don't take much pleasure in it. This was me. This was my voice last Friday. What is that, like four days ago? This was my voice four days ago telling you this. Very shortly, you're going to start seeing little Instagram videos and things like that from athletes and actors telling you how they've gone vegan and why they've gone vegan and why are you still eating beef? Beef is actually bad for you. Beef is harmful for the environment. Beef is this. Beef is that. You're going to start seeing that very, very quickly because different parts of the system will join together to defend the system from the system's mistakes. It's going to go well beyond your foodie magazines talking about, wow, you need to, no more meat. 
The system's doing that for a reason, and it's not because they give a crap if you go vegan or not. The system protects its own. The system screwed up. The system will now defend itself until the end. That's how systems work, and you're going to see a lot more of it. Make sure you mark down that down, Chris, because as soon as the next actor or athlete comes out with an Instagram video talking about why they went vegan, just out of the blue, it's going to come out of the blue, right? We're going to play this like nine times during the show that day, and I'll be calling myself Jesse the Oracle Kelly all day. What, Chris? It's going to be such a fun day. (laughs) Well, it hurt me to say it. It hurt me to say it. Headline, people think beef is manly, and that's a big problem. Posted on Twitter from yesterday. (laughs) Headline, Actress says she is done eating beef. (laughs) I told you. I told you. It's as predictable as the setting of the sun. It's what the system does. And how does this work? let's, Let's talk about what I mean by the system. Let's talk about how it really works. Because contrary to popular belief, and it can be easy to think this way, No, I don't think in general there's a cabal of of billionaires and wealthy, important people who get together in a soundproof room that's been scanned by security for bugs and decide on what the next big thing is going to be. No, that's not generally how this works. Here's how it works. People are followers. Just look. Most people are followers. Most people are not leaders. They're not independent thinkers, which that's, I mean, that's really the way the world is set up, right? You can't have everyone being a leader. Most people just in general are going to follow. So what you'll see is people will observe what's being approved and observe what's being celebrated. And they'll simply, without a second thought to what they believe or what they want, They will jump on that train because they want to get some of that celebration. They want to get some of that approval. That's how that works. That's why, look, you saw the best example, the best example. You saw it last summer after George Floyd died. Everybody and their brother had to run out and either either fake a race race crime against themselves. You remember Juicy Smollett and and that idiot Bubba Wallace with NASCAR with the noose he found, only it was a garage pull string. Everybody and their brother either faked a hate crime against themselves or the white people absolutely twisting themselves into knots to, to prove how not racist they were. You couldn't turn, you couldn't open up social media without a picture of some white guy with his black friends. Oh, here's here's my buddy Tony from back in the day. Look how black he is. See, see, I'm the king of the not racists. It was embarrassing for a sociopath like me who doesn't look at the world that way to watch how people conducted themselves. Remember, that's when I lost my pastor, my own pastor, one of the greatest pastors I've ever had. Just totally lost his mind. Immediately attends a what white people need to know conference. I'm not making that up. And then gets up. He's never gone political or anything from the pulpit. And then gets up and starts talking about his white privilege. (laughs) And just everyone lost their minds because people are followers. It's not because it's not because 99% of those people believed any of that. 
It's because they looked around at what everyone was talking about and what everyone was doing, and they just kind of went along with it. And that's what makes this system so powerful. They're, they're going to do this now with stupid things like eating beef. And, and do, I mean, all these people who come out and all these magazines that come out and trash beef and whatnot, do they believe it? No, they're all eating a double quarter pounder with cheese five seconds after hitting send to the editor on this idiotic article. No, they don't believe it. But it's what everyone is doing. It's what everyone is doing. Look, we've talked about this. Coronavirus is another great example. What have I always told you about Lori Lightfoot getting caught getting her haircut after she, t- after she tells people not to, get, not to get haircuts? Gavin Newsom gets caught out to eat after he tells people don't go out to eat. Nancy Pelosi gets caught in a salon, no mask, after telling people don't go to a salon and wear your mask. Uh, time, person after person after person. Dr. Burks tells people don't travel for Thanksgiving, travels for Thanksgiving. And what have I told you about? It's not that they're hypocrites. It's that they're not worried about getting coronavirus or spreading coronavirus. They're just not. Now, why pretend then? If they're not worried about it, then why pretend? Because everyone else is doing it. What if, how can I act like I'm not worried about this? I, I, everyone else is worried about it. It's all about approval of the people around you. That gets people into so much trouble. Look, peer pressure isn't just when you're a teenager and someone's trying to offer you a joint in a darkened alley somewhere, which, of course, that's what the anti-drug ads always led us to believe was going to happen. Uh, uh, come here, kid. You want to try some heroin? Uh, that, that never happened to me, shockingly. But, but it's not just that. It's your whole life. People don't grow out of peer pressure. You ever seen those videos? They have those hilarious Internet videos where people will play, uh, play stupid little pranks on people. I don't like the big ones, actually, but play stupid pranks on people, like getting in an elevator. They'll have a camera inside an elevator, and a dude will get in, and instead of facing the door, he'll turn around and face away from the door, and they keep a camera in the elevator, and people will get in, and they'll see him, and almost every person does what he does. They turn around and face away from the door. Well, what? what why? They, they know where the door, the exit is. Why? People were followers. And that's how the system gains so much power because people don't think for themselves. We're going to talk about Iran and foreign policy stuff with our foreign policy expert, Rebecca Heinrichs, next. Hang on. gear is everything. And I talk to you a lot about Northwest retention systems and how their gear is custom and and how you need to stay away from the big box store stuff. I, I talk to you a lot about that, but I probably haven't talked to you enough about how great their gear is. You know we talk a lot of history on the show, right? You know we've talked a lot about the American Revolution. You ever see those flags from the American Revolution, the flags with the snake, the divvied up snake on it? It says join or die. That's what's all over my Northwest Retention Systems holster. They have Donald Trump holsters. 
They have 1776 holsters. They have such great-looking stuff. It's just I'm so obsessed with the quality, I don't focus enough on how cool their gear is. Go to nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the code JESSE at checkout. That gets you 10% off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and joining me now is senior fellow at the Hudson Institute, our foreign policy expert, Rebecca Heinrichs. Rebecca, what's your go-to gas station snack? You and the fam on a road trip. You're hungry. Don't give me this. I don't eat gas station food stuff, which I know you're going to try to do. You have to eat something in there. What are you eating? Mm, I like the cowtails. I'm sorry? You know the little cow, cowtails. You know those cowtails? It's like caramel on the outside, and then it's like cream on the inside. They're like only at gas stations. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, yes. that's, wow, that is shockingly an outstanding food answer from you. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. All right. Rebecca, U.S. monitoring Iranian warships that may be headed to Venezuela. Russia tells the U.S. to expect uncomfortable signals. North Korea's sending us warnings. Is it just me? Is this standard business or the bad people on the move out there for a particular reason? Oh, no. I, I mean, the bad people are always kind of on on the move, but it does it does feel like there is an uptick right now. Um, as they they push and, and test and challenge the Biden administration, I think it's you know this has not been a good start to the Biden administration and foreign policy in terms of demonstrating um, in terms of demonstrating strength from the presidency. That's for sure. Rebecca, Russia talking about uncomfortable signals. Where are we at militarily when it comes to comparing us to Russia? I obviously know we're much more powerful than Russia. I'm not an idiot, but can they? Do they have the ability to militarily wound us severely? Would we just storm through them like a blowtorch through butter? Where are we comparatively? So it's a great question. What the what the Russians have been working on is because they can't, you know, their economy isn't near ours and they don't have that kind of resource to put into their military. So what the Russians do, because they're Russians, they just put, they, they invest so much money into their nuclear arsenal. And so it's not just like big nukes, like, you know, you think of like destroying whole cities. They put a lot of um, money and investments into called low yield nukes, battlefield nuclear weapons, because, you know, they 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 think that the West has grown weak. And, you know, and so if there is a conventional like a non-nuclear conflict with the Russians, our senior military officers have been mourning Congress for years now that there is a concern that the Russians might employ like a low yield battlefield nuclear weapon to get the West, the United States and NATO to quickly sue for peace because we don't want it to escalate. So what's concerning about Russia is really their exotic, very diverse, uh, concerning, usable nuclear weapons that they've been investing in. All right. I'm going to ask a really dumb question, but it's me. I know that that will not surprise you at all. I don't understand the constant elevation of nukes, even even with what you just said. Once you mm-hmm. have enough nukes to destroy the planet, which we do and Russia does, what do you gain by building another? You know what I mean? What what am I gaining yeah. by adding 10 nuclear weapons except for spending a bunch of money on I could spend it on other things? 
So it's a, actually, it's not a dumb question. That's a great question, Jesse. So um, deterrence, this concept of deterrence, of course, is that we threaten to do something to our, our enemy that would make whatever act of aggression they want to do to us not worth the cost. We want it. So, you know, you're trying to get ahead of it. You want to prevent them from launching an attack. So you want to threaten them with a retaliation that they would, um, that they would regret that initial act of aggression. To do that, you have to have, you know, what are we really going to do? We're not going to take out Moscow if they launch a low yield attack against Poland, for instance. So we have to have the kind of response option that they would believe we would do in response to that. So not all nuclear weapons are the same. You have to have some launched by sea, some by air, some by missiles, and then you have to have varying yields so that we have a nice menu of options that present a credible threat to retaliate in a variety of different scenarios. So this is why Trump was actually intuitively great about this. You know, he didn't say, oh, you know, we have enough nukes and, you know, I'm, I'm happy to like, you know, trade our nukes away for different deals with the Russians. He's like, I want to have the best state-of-the-art, most flexible nuclear arsenal and, and it's because you want to have options so that you don't actually ever have to get to the point where you're actually using these things. Can we hit them and can they hit us anywhere we want? I mean, like as we stand right now, can I snap my fingers mm-hmm. and pick a spot on a map and nuke a, a place in Russia? And can they do that to us? Yes. No, that is not <laughs> ideal. I, I, I know. I, and again, I'm asking dumb questions here because I think people need to know these things. Can yep. we stop them? Okay, Russia Russia hits a button, oh, some guy goes rogue, like in A Hunt for Red October, only he goes rogue to kill us, launches a nuke at Washington, D.C. Can we stop it? Uh, maybe. So here's the thing. So that's actually another great question. So George Bush, one of the best things George W. Bush did, which he does not ever get enough credit for, is he, he pulled the U.S. out of this um, the anti-ballistic missile treaty, a Cold War treaty that prevented the United States from building a really kind of robust homeland missile defense system. So we're thinking Cold War stuff now. But he pulled us out of it after 9-11. He was like, I don't know, the world's changed. It's really scary. We should be able to build a missile defense system. So because he did that, we have been slowly but surely building an impressive missile defense system. Now, it's designed to handle the kind of limited threats from, like, Kim Jong-un, rogue threats from North Korea. But in the scenario you just laid out, a rogue missile launch, because like Russia has tons and tons of um, ICBMs. But if it was like a rogue missile attack from Russia, one off, an accidental launch, our missile defense system that protects the U.S. homeland could probably intercept it. If they launched a raid at us, highly unlikely, our missile defense system is not equipped to be able to do that because the Democrats are always trying to make sure that our system stays limited enough because they have this false notion that if we are vulnerable to Russian missiles and they're vulnerable to Russian missiles, nobody will actually ever launch a, a massive attack like that. Um, it's not smart to think that way because the North Koreans are building a bunch of ICBMs. And so at some point, you know, if we keep our missile defense system limited to only defend against North Korean missiles, you know, that their, their missile arsenal is going to be big enough that our missile defense system is going to have to get big enough and it can probably do more against the, the peer threats like Russia or China, for instance. How does North Korea have the money? I mean, I, I understand these things cost a fortune. How, North Korea, their people are starving. How do they have the money to invest so much in a nuclear program? It, it, it's all they spend their money on. I mean, they starve their people. They starve their people. 
and um, you know, and they they run. It's like a it's like the mob, and then they just invest because you you see luxury goods. That's like Kim Jong Un always has luxury cars, luxury watches. You know, he so him and his henchmen always have this expensive stuff, and then they just spend all this money on their nuclear program. Now, I mean. Their nuclear program, though, is pretty wild. I mean, they blow stuff up all the time. They want they blow up their own guys whenever they try to launch missiles. Sometimes, so it's not like they have this sophisticated, state of the art testing operation. But over time, because U.S. presidencies, you know, keep trying different things and giving them sanctions relief to try to get them to negotiate, they take all that money and they sock it away and they invest it into their program. Okay. Where do they get money from at all? I understand we only have about 30 seconds here, but what is the North Korean economy? Um, I mean, they don't really have anything. Okay. But they, okay. I mean, they, don't, right. they, don't, they, don't, they don't really have anything, but they, they, sell, they sell stuff. I mean, I'm not even sure what kind of stuff they sell to or what countries are even willing to buy it from. China always makes sure that they have enough to keep their program fledgling just to be a thorn in our side. That's for sure. So China is a big problem there in making sure they have any money at all but i i don't know i don't know what what they're building over there rebecca heinrichs you are the best thank you so much feel better thanks jesse all right people are wanting me to address it so i'm going to address the joe biden kamala harris enjoy the long weekend social media stuff when it comes to memorial day let's tackle that next hang on to the Jesse Kelly show. I don't have anything good to tell you about all the ways I tried to quit dipping tobacco. They were embarrassing. My failure to do it repeatedly was embarrassing. I didn't I, That's the best way I can put this. I didn't try to quit once or twice. Or three times, four times, five times, six times, seven times, eight times. I don't know how many times I, air fingers, quote, quit dipping tobacco, but it was a lot. And it never worked. And the reason it never worked is I never found something to replace it with until Jake's Mint Chew came along. Jake's Mint Chew is dip. It's dip. Only it's tobacco-free and it's nicotine-free. So if I relapse, I grab a Jake's Mint Chew and I don't have to feel bad. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout for 20% off. Freedom. The Americans of Lexington and Concord, of New Orleans, Gettysburg, the Argonne, Iwo Jima, Normandy, Korea and Vietnam, Afghanistan and Iraq, and thousands of places in between 
These Americans weren't fighting for dictators. They were fighting for democracy. They weren't fighting to exclude or to enslave. They were fighting to build and broaden and liberate. They weren't fighting for self. They were fighting for the soul of the nation, for liberty and simple, fair play. Simple, fair play. What? They were fighting for fair play? <laughs> what? They're, the communists are so stupid. And this is, what I, this is what I mean. Their religion is so stupid. And it makes them so incredibly stupid. Because their religion is communism, right? And so, if you're a religious person, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you're a Jew, you're a practicing Jew, you view the world through that prism. It's not part of your life. It's everything gets everything gets put through the Jewish lens. If you're a Christian, it's very much the same thing. You don't look around and separate things from your Christianity. It's just everything's part of it, right? Everything is viewed through that prism. It helps if you understand that's how communists think about communism. Over a million people have died for this country. I don't want to speak on behalf of the fallen, but I will say with an absolute certainty, not one of them died and with his last breath said, this was for fair play. Not, not, what are you talking about? Well, here's what they're talking about. The communist, because he only worships communism, he doesn't understand how to compartmentalize his life and separate his religion from other things. That's why uh, we talked about this before. I, I, I'm in a Republican neighborhood. Obviously, it's the suburbs of Texas. So it's, it's overwhelmingly. I did that thing where you can look up your zip code and your voter registration. Mine was something like 93% Republican. Okay? But there are a couple Democrats sprinkled in there. And they, when they walk in the party, everybody kind of oh, and does this. Why? It's not because they're Democrats. We don't talk politics when we get together. We talk about all the stuff you talk about. Low, low, sporting events and kids and houses and everything else. We talk about all the business, all this stuff. Until the Democrat shows up. The Democrat shows up, we'll immediately walk up. We'll be in the middle of a conversation about a new car someone got or something. And Did you see what Trump did? Oh, I hate those. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, why does that person do that? Why are they like that all the time? Well, it's their religion. They can't separate a neighborhood party from their religion because it's in everything for them. Why would Joe Biden give a speech supposedly honoring the fallen on Memorial Day and mix in Democrat talking points? It was so out of place and inappropriate and awkward. Why would he do it? What's that? Because... His speechwriters are bad people. I mean, they might be bad people. I don't know. But I'm a bad person. What do I have to judge anyone on that? It's simply because it would never occur. Whoever wrote that speech for Joe Biden, when they sat down and wrote it, it would never occur to them to have a speech where you didn't talk about communism. It just wouldn't enter their mind. 
you think about Memorial Day and you think about uh, like the show we did yesterday, how it was 100% dedicated to the fall and Memorial Day. And like we talked about a thousand times and I got your wonderful emails. Thank you for those. I'll read a couple in a minute. But you think about that and you think about Memorial Day. You think in your mind about if you're giving a speech, what would be the appropriate way to give that speech on Memorial Day? How do I make sure I'm honoring the fallen? How do I make sure I'm doing that? How do I make sure I'm doing that? The communist doesn't think in that way. The communist sits down to write a speech about Memorial Day. And yeah, they'll say some stuff about the fallen. But in general, well, we have to talk about God. I mean, God is everything, right? And remember, their God is communism. Why would we, why would we give a speech at all if we don't talk about God? Of course we'll talk about God. He's God. That's how the communist thinks. That's why they miss the mark on so many things. I talk about this all the time. In the wake of a mass shooting, one of the things I will always despise Obama over is mainstreaming this thing now where Democrats universally, no matter what, in the wake of a mass shooting, before the bodies are cold, are trying to gun grab. They run to the microphone and start talking about guns instead of just, dude, someone's dead. People are dead. Parents, spouses are getting the worst phone call they've ever had in their lives. This is a tragedy where we come together as a nation and take time to mourn. It's not a time to politic either way. Not pro-gun, not anti-gun. It's, it's a time to mourn. But they don't do it. They won't do it. How, how many times are we going to allow these guns out there? Why? Well, in the wake of a mass shooting, why wouldn't you talk about God? That's how they think. I'm not done. Hang on. You know, your home acquires smells over time. It's just what homes do. It's not, it's not that you're dirty. Your home, your apartment, it, it smells in it. Uh, maybe it's cigarettes, maybe it's pets, maybe it's cooking smells, whatever it is, it soaks into your paint, it soaks into your carpet, and it stays there. You may not think so, but I'll tell you what, you'll realize that as soon as you buy an Eden Pure Thunderstorm and you leave the house and come back a couple hours later, you'll walk in and you'll just, it smells so clean. That's what Eden Pure Thunderstorm does for you. And now, this week, They have a deal. You can get an Eden Thunderstorm three-pack, three of them, for under $200. That's $200 in savings. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Put in the code JESSE3. That's JESSE and the number three. That gets you under $200 for three of them. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. No, you have not missed the gigantic announcement for the Jesse Kelly Show. You have not missed it. I think, and I can't stress this enough, I think it will be tomorrow 
or the next day. Things moved along quite a bit this weekend, so I think we're right on the cusp of it. The second I'm allowed to say something, I will say something. I can't stress this enough. Do not email me, call me, or text me asking for details about it. As I've told you a thousand times, I'm not allowed to say anything. I will tell you the second I'm allowed to say it. Now, communism. God. Let's talk. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. I want a private plane. Uh, No, no, I take that back. I want a private jet. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Let me explain myself before I go back to this. I'm not done with all the communism and God stuff, but you know I'm not a big, I'm not a big, uh, I don't have expensive vices, I should say. I just, and that's obviously not because I'm a good person. Everybody knows how horrible I am, absolutely detestable. I just never developed expensive vices. You remember my gambling story when I was a young Marine? I think I was 19 or 20. So, of course, I got a fake ID so I could go to Las Vegas and gamble, right? And I'd never been to Las Vegas. I, I, I just had never been. And I walk in and see the lights, and, and I'm a Marine. I have no money. I have no money. I had $600 to my name. I think I pulled out $50 and my buddies were with me, had to show me how to teach me how to play blackjack. And I sit down first table I ever sat in and the the dealer was actually helping me as well. She thought it was adorable. It was my first game ever. So she's helping me out probably too much. And I walk away. I think I, I think I put 50 bucks on the table and walked away with $127, if I remember right. It's somewhere in there. But that, that's a lot of money to a young, poor Marine. I was like, wait a minute. So you just sit down and you you win this money this easily? I may just leave the Marine Corps and gamble professionally, right? Well, long story short, I've gone over this story before. Several midnight trips to the ATM later, I walk out to my car And I don't have a penny to my name. And when I say not a penny, I mean not a penny. I had to borrow money from a friend to get a $13 haircut on the way back into base. I I felt physically ill. 
And so because of, of that, it's not that I'm anti-gambling. I've nothing against you gambling. I'll still you know throw a 20 on a game or something like that, but I don't gamble. I, I certainly don't gamble at high levels. If I end up in a casino, I'll go throw a little money, throw a 20 on, on black or something, try to win you know a free drink out of it, but I just don't gamble. I'll sit down and play blackjack with a buddy, but that's I'm not a big gambler. I'm not big on uh, 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 drugs. You know, cocaine's expensive. Uh, 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 cocaine and gambling are the two things. It almost doesn't matter how much money you have. You can spend it all doing it. I'm not into the uh, fancy houses or, or, or boats, even though I love boats. I don't want one. I'm not into fancy cars. I, I just am not into that kind of stuff. Probably because I'm so white trash. But honestly, happiness to me is being able to eat Red Lobster whatever I want. But I want a private jet. I know I'll never have one because I understand they are a gigantic money hemorrhage and not that I could afford one anyway, but I rode on one. I told you when I got to ride on one, right, Chris? I rode on one. You want to talk about a different way to fly. That great Warren Buffett line, the difference between cocaine and a private jet is you can quit cocaine. (laughs) It, It is just, I got to ride on one one time. You, I mean, you drive... You drive, I drove my pickup, I drove my old pickup truck right up to the side of the plane. You just drive it up to the side of the plane. They have some little chauffeur dudes come over, grab your bag, throw it on the plane. And then they don't let you park your truck. They're like, oh, I got, oh, we got it, Mr. Kelly. And I'm feeling very important at this time. I'm like, thank you. Uh, well, yes, of course you do, uh, 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 Bob. Uh, my name's John. Yeah, that's what I said. Anyway, you just get off, no security, no nothing. You get on, take off. And you're just, it, it was, it was awesome. I have no idea why we got on this subject, by the way. Oh, Chris and I were talking about it during the break. If I ever won the lottery, something big, I think I would stay in my house. I would keep driving my same car. I, I mean, every, every, I think in general my life would stay the same, only I'd have a big private jet. <laughs> what, Chris? A 93 Learjet is half a million dollars? Okay, one, I don't have half a million dollars. And two, what you're missing, here's what you're missing, Chris. And I only know this because I was talking to the private jet owner of the one I went on. It's not just the cost of the jet. The operating cost is so absurd. One, what you're missing, you have to hire a pilot. Your pilot has to have a co-pilot, I believe. There are rules on that, but I think you have to have a pilot and a co-pilot, which I would really prefer. So if the pilot has a heart attack, I don't fly it into the side of a mountain. Although, again, not a bad way to go. But let's, let's stay focused right now. You have to have a pilot, co-pilot. Jet fuel is expensive. So it's the operating costs. Every, every private jet guy I've ever talked to said, look, you're only going to have one if you, one, use it a lot, and two, love it. Because it never pays for itself. So I understand I'm never going to have one. But in one of those weird weird things, I, I, I want one. I want a private jet, Chris. Maybe I'm going to start saving now. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start setting $50 aside every single month and let that gain interest. And we'll see how it turns out. <laughs> All right. Back to Joe Biden. Mixing in politics with his Memorial Day speech. Combine that with Kamala Harris put out a tweet on, uh, I think it was Friday, Friday or Saturday. It was just a picture of herself in her pearl necklace saying, enjoy the long weekend. Nothing about Memorial Day, nothing about why it was a long weekend. You know, it made a bunch of people mad. 
And then this speech she gave to uh, to the military. She sits up. She's <laughs> she's the honored guest. This is her speech to a military graduating class. You are electrical engineers who will soon help convert solar and wind energy into power, convert solar and wind energy into combat power. And just ask any Marine today, would she rather carry 20 pounds of batteries or a rolled up solar panel? And I am positive she will tell you a solar panel. And so would he. (laughs) She is so painfully awkward, it almost makes me feel bad for her. She might be the least charismatic politician I've ever seen in my life. No, you know what? All right, Chris. You know what? This is for the audience. This is for the audience. We're, we're not even going to Jewish producer Chris on this one. The email address is jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We're doing a competition. I'll let you play your second clip in a minute, Chris, but I'm trying not to muddy the waters. Here is the competition. The least charismatic politician, Hillary Clinton, Nancy Pelosi, or Kamala Harris. Email me who you think is the worst and why. Don't just email me a name. Who's the least charismatic? Not the one you hate the most or has the worst policies or or how many people Hillary Clinton's murdered. I don't care. We want to know who's the least charismatic. You have another clip? Play another clip, Chris. Creating a more peaceful world. Please clap. (laughs) That's, of course, Jeb Bush. Chris, that was a cheap shot. That was a dirty, cheap shot. But anyway, see, you made me miss my whole point on Kamala Harris. We're going to have to play that whole thing again. Chris, play number four again. You are electrical engineers who will soon help convert solar and wind energy into power, convert solar and wind energy into combat power. And just ask any Marine today, would she rather carry 20 pounds of batteries or a rolled up solar panel? And I am positive she will tell you a solar panel. And so would he. (laughs) It's so awkward, it pains me. (laughs) Why? Why do they do that? Let's talk about it. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. You know, I own three Eden Pure Thunderstorms. I've told you the story before. I brought one home. I only bought one. All right. I I bring one home. I plug it in my bedroom. I love having them in my room because my allergies get so bad at night. I mean, they used to before my Eden Pure Thunderstorm. And my rotten, no-good sons, they storm into my room. My room smells so good because of the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, and they steal it and put it in their stinky room, which, frankly, they probably needed it more than me. So then I got two more. I mean, everyone knows this story. And we're talking these things. 
They kill mold and mildew. They kill viruses. They kill bacteria. And they take the odor out of the air. They don't cover it up. They take odor out of the air. Well, you, you now have the opportunity to own three as well. Eden Pure is selling a Thunderstorm three-pack for under $200. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, put in the code word JESSE and the number three. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE3. moment in the history of politics, Howard Dean. No, that doesn't count as the least charismatic. Remember, I want your emails. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Email me, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Who has less charisma? Hillary Clinton, Kamala Harris, or Nancy Pelosi? Why does Kamala Harris give a speech to the military academy and talk about solar panels and Make it all about women's rights and all this. Why? Communists don't stop worshiping their God. Do you? Do you stop worshiping your God? Now it happens. It just turns out their God is a false God and he's detestable and he murders people. But still, they don't stop. I got this email from my Memorial Day show yesterday. If you missed our Memorial Day show yesterday or any part of the show today, you can catch all of our shows. They're podcasted on iHeart and Google and Spotify and on iTunes. Uh, if you missed our Memorial Day show yesterday, if, you, if, if you're in the right mood, right frame of mind, you might enjoy it. I will give you a heads up. It was a heavier show. I do not believe in taking Memorial Day off. I never will unless I have to. I, believe, I, I feel obligated, especially since I lucked into this whole job, I feel obligated to dedicate that show to the fallen every single year. We did a long story on Saipan and read Medal of Honor citations from Saipan. I had three different guests on who talk about veterans they lost or or buddies they lost. So it's a heavier show. Just know that before you get into it. I got this email. It's pretty nice. Thank you very much for your leadership in remembering the fallen. Just finished your Memorial Day podcast. Very touching. Remembered my uncle on my dad's side. He went to the European theater. In one of the battles, he sustained brain injuries and or psychological trauma. Doctors performed experimental brain surgery. Bill survived in part. He came back an eternal nine-year-old boy. Until the day he died, he was a mild, friendly, pleasant boy who could not do any job, could not drive, and was a ward of a court-appointed guardian, his mother, and later on one of his sisters. On my mother's side, all three of my brothers signed up. One was a minesweeper. The other two were civil engineers in the Seabees. They all made it back, but, well, all three were alcoholics. War is hell. Comparing your tribute and the sorry, misbegotten political pair infesting the White House, quote, laying Aretha in Arlington, I'd say you knocked a Grand Slam homer, and they only threw out a ceremonial 10-foot pitch in the dirt. 
and he signs it Shalom. Uh, look, I appreciate the kind words. I, I, I appreciate the kind words everyone had to say about the Memorial Day tribute. That's a day I do. We take it seriously. We want to do it right. But I will say this. It's not hard to get that day right when you remember what that day is about. Kamala Harris caught all kinds of flack for putting up, like I said, that social media post that was just a picture of her and her pearl necklace and it said, enjoy the long weekend. And people were outraged. And What you need to take from that is this. These people are all extremely self-absorbed, absurdly self-absorbed, and people who are unbelievable narcissists, and I know this because I am a narcissist to my core. I mean, I really only care about myself. But people who are narcissists, they can't ever separate themselves from something. Remember, Obama used to do this all the time. We used to make fun of him. Whenever someone would die, whenever a famous person would die, if Obama ever had an interaction with him, he'd put a picture up of himself with the person. <laughs> and when Ali died, Muhammad Ali died when Barack Obama was in office. I think it was Ali. Barack Obama put a picture of himself up sitting in front of a picture of Ali on the wall. <laughs> of course, it was about Obama. These people, they can't help themselves. That type of person... It's never about Memorial Day. The truth is the truth is simply this. And I, I'm not shocked by it because I accepted it a long time ago. Kamala Harris doesn't care about Memorial Day. Not really. She doesn't care about anybody who died. Kamala Harris cares about Kamala Harris. Chris, did you see this headline? In Mexico, cartels are hunting down police at their homes. The notoriously, this is from the AP, notoriously violent Jalisco cartel has responded to Mexico's hugs, not bullets policy with a policy of its own. The cartel kidnapped several members of an elite police force in the state of Guanajuato, I screwed that up somehow, tortured them to obtain the names and addresses of their fellow officers and is now hunting down and killing police at their homes on their days off in front of their families. Remember this. Don't ever give up your firearms. Mexico is a narco state. At least half of it is run by cartels. These these cartels have the ability to terrorize anyone they want because the civilians are not allowed to own firearms. They're just not. They're just not. Speaking of violent crime, we got a voicemail and... Obviously, it goes to what I've been talking about, and any voicemail that proves me right is one we will play on the show. Go ahead, Chris. What's up, Jesse? Listen, recent trip to New York City. Hope you had a great time, and I hope everything was successful. But uh, your comments about the city, you know what? New York City is never going to be New York City again. They're always going to have a crime problem. Because recently, the New York City Council just passed a series of reforms for the New York City Police Department. The biggest one, which was ending qualified immunity for police officers. And this protects them against lawsuits. So in other words, you can do everything right as a police officer, get sued, lose, and lose your house. So that means, as you've talked about in the past, the good guys are going to leave, 
the good guys that have to stay are going to do as little as possible. And of course, you're just going to get garbage applying for the police department. So unfortunately, until that changes, New York City will never really change. Because as long as you always have crime, you're never really going to have a thriving city. Take care, my brother. Good talking to you. That sucks. Great voicemail, by the way. But that's what a voice on that guy, Chris. What a voice! That guy used to be in radio. Uh, that sucks, man. I love New York City, and he's right. And what have I told you about qualified immunity? And this is one where I disagree with my libertarian brothers on that because a lot of libertarians are all about this and qualified immunity now. Okay, well, we have to, as you, you and I, as adults, we have to do something. We can't be committed to what we want the world to be. That's what the communists do. Okay, that sounds nice when you're sitting there reading Ayn Rand and patting all your libertarian buddies on the back as you smoke weed. In real life, Ending qualified immunity will absolutely mean the guys who are the best guys, the guys with options on the police force, they will leave. The only guys who are going to stick around are guys who don't have options. Oh, great. So you have a police force full of idiots and dirt balls. Does that sound like a good plan? Don't you think we should have smart, capable, talented people on the police force? I do. You take away their legal protection. They're going to leave and go do something else. When you have a bad police force full of dirt balls, and there have been plenty of those in the past, that is a good way for a city to become a sewer. All right, let's talk to BK about Mexico torturing people. Hang on. Jake's Mint Chew is what you need to get your friend or relative, the person you love, who is dipping and you want them to quit. I've been on the other end of this, where I was the one who was dipping, and I had friends and family members wanting me to quit. And what you tend to do when you want someone to quit is this. Uh, That's bad for you. Uh, You need to quit. That doesn't help anybody quit. Instead of presenting them with problems... Present them with solutions. What's the solution? It's Jake's Mint Chew. It's not a stupid patch. It's not dumb. It's dip. But it's dip that's tobacco-free and nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. They have 11 different flavors of Long Cut, four different flavors of the CBD pouches. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout. That gets you 20% off. We are back on the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Joining me now, former Air Force PJ and current host of World News with BK. BK, we have cartels hunting down and torturing police and murdering them in their homes in Mexico. Um, 
How have we been able to exist for so long side by side with a country that's run so poorly? Is this an odd situation or is it just me? No, it, it is a crazy situation. Honestly, the fact that and the fact that we had troops in Afghanistan, a country that is thousands and thousands of miles away and really doesn't pose any direct threat to us and not Mexico, which is a completely failed state, as we've talked about many times, Jesse, blew, it's always blown my mind. Uh, the state is corrupt from top to bottom. They've had uh, generals caught running drugs in the United States. They've had they've had president. Now they're looking at former presidents. Uh, I, I think it was Felipe Calderon that were heavily involved in the drug trade. They're basically puppets of the cartels. It is controlled 100 percent by the drug cartels. And it's right now. I'm sitting, Jesse, I'm sitting 20 minutes away from the border as we speak here in San Diego. So it's right outside my doorstep. BK, North Korea, what? tell me about their military. I understand their economy's crap. I understand they're building up nukes. Do they have a military capable of anything? Surely not, right? No, I mean, they, they do. Um, but what they... I don't know. It's tough because what they really have is manpower. I mean, the North Korean military is uh, is, is is fairly massive, and like you know, they can just do like human waves of stuff over and over again. But uh, you know, it's hard to get stats on them. And I'm I'm just looking now as we talk, Jesse. And as of 2016, they did have almost six million personnel in the military. Ooh. That would make them that would make them one of the largest military organizations in the world. As a matter of fact, that six million would be—that's twenty-five percent of the entire North Korean population. So, I mean, they could—they could send some people. You know, if they wanted to, they could just send human waves across the border into South Korea. But let's not forget, South Korea has a very capable military of their own, and they are also have a huge military, and they're quite modern and, and efficient, which is why it kind of baffles me that the United States still has, what, 25,000, 30,000 troops there, uh, you know, 70 years after the war ended. I really don't understand that too much. It seems like you're not really supposed to ask that question either, because every time I've brought it up, people look at me like I'm I'm some weirdo. And I'm like, I'm saying it's 70 years after the war ended. What are we doing exactly? So, Headline, China confirms first human case of bird flu strain, says the oh, risk great. of spread is low. BK, all right, now, obviously I'm not somebody who specializes in infectious diseases, but does it not seem like there is an unusual amount of them coming out of the same part of the world time and time again? Should I be suspecting something? You know, you, I, I would not, I, as I said on the podcast last week, Jesse, I would not discount any possibility of anything. That's why the media would clown themselves so hard because they immediately dismissed the fact that it came, the, the, uh, the, the COVID-19 virus came out of that lab. And I was like, what? just because Trump said it did, right? So the media, stupid and idiotic as they are, have to take the opposite side because, as we all know, orange man bad. I'm like, why would you ever discount the possibility of a lab leak hypothesis when you have a lab that does experiments on bat viruses and it's right there in the city where it started? Why would you not take it seriously? If you told me that China unleashed on purpose, I couldn't rule that out. I couldn't rule out anything. I, I am open to every single possibility. That uh, when it comes to communist China, Jesse. By the way, for those wondering what he's talking about, here's ABC News' John Carl beclowning himself. 
I think a lot of people have egg on their face. This was an idea uh, that, that was first put forward by Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, Donald Trump. And look, some things may be true even if Donald Trump said them. And there was because Trump was saying so much else. <laughs> it was BK, there's, <laughs> what an idiot. there's no fixing this media, right? No, there's no fixing no. it. They'll just continue to trash their reputation until they're just spit on on the sidewalk, right? Yeah, they're completely horrible. I, maybe you know what? Maybe they're going to try to pretend the last four years never happened and move forward. Because honestly, there's been no consequences for any of them for being horrifically wrong about everything. Uh, just because, like I said, the orange man said something, they automatically had to set themselves up and take the other side. And uh, maybe they're just going to pretend like that never happened, and now they're going to go back to being their really fair, unbiased journalists. But I mean, it's all on tape, Jesse. You and I have watched this for the last four years, them just being like wildly wrong about so, so many things and being emotive and being childlike and adolescent and stupid. And I, maybe they're just going to pretend like none of it ever happened. I'm not sure. Ron DeSantis going to be our next president? Ooh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like Ron DeSantis. I mean, Trump hasn't ruled out running. <laughs> no, I think and I think I know. I, you know what? I, I think at this point, I'm like, you know what? You had your chance. You didn't you didn't make it. So uh, maybe it's time to move on. Um, I like Ron DeSantis, though. Harvard's educated. He's he he hates the media as well, which is definitely a plus and likes fighting with them, which is always hilarious. But at the same time, it seems maybe he actually does enjoy governing a little bit, which <laughs> Trump never did. And so maybe he would be uh, better suited for that job. So. Uh, I like Ron DeSantis, so let's see what happens. Who knows? Let's see what happens. Let's see who else jumps in there. You brought up Afghanistan earlier, and there were a couple headlines that Joe Biden is actually pulling us out. Am I right. actually, am I supposed to believe this, BK? Everybody celebrated, and it's a great day, and woohoo! I think I was the only one who looked around and said, that's not true at all. I guarantee we're not pulling out, or are we? Well, so when we say we're leaving, you have to understand. We're, so as long as we have a diplomatic presence in Afghanistan and an embassy in Kabul, we're going to have troops there. And especially if that, not only the Marine security guards at the embassy, but because it's Afghanistan, we'll probably have a small quick reaction force as well. Uh, so so when, when he says the troops are leaving, you have to put aside all of that you know, support and embassy personnel and everything else. Uh, that being said, I mean, I do, I am hearing from people on the ground, uh, good friends of mine in Afghanistan right now, and yeah, they're leaving. I mean, they're closing it down. The bad thing is that the Taliban are slowly kind of encroaching on the capital of Kabul, and they're taking over these small outlying forward operating bases, sometimes without even firing a shot. They've been sending, like, they'll send, like, the local village elder mm. into this little base and be like, hey, uh, if you, you, you can either leave here, turn over your weapons and leave, or we're going to come in there and kill all of you. And a lot of times they're like, yeah, you know what, I don't want to meet Allah quite just yet. So they hand over their weapons and they quietly leave. And the Taliban are taking over all these small bases, and they're slowly getting closer and closer to Kabul. Jesse, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a mass evacuation of the embassy uh, in the very near future, honestly. Oh, man. That is yeah. that is a crime shape. Okay, so real quick, 30 seconds. The Taliban are just going to take that whole place over when we leave, right? Uh, that's what it's looking like. And that, uh, you know what? I feel bad for the people of Afghanistan. Um, but you know what? 20 years in, Jesse, we've tried to make a generational change there. It hasn't really worked. We've it, 
20 years, in my opinion, is more than enough time to train a military, to train an Air Force. I mean, we train pilots in America, you know, in a year or two, and they have to figure it out on their own. I don't know what more to tell them. I'm not going to send any of my friends over there. For Memorial Day, I was remembering my good friend, my mentor, uh, pararescue chief Nick McCaskill, who was also a CIA ground branch operator who was killed in Afghanistan. And I think about him all the time, and I don't want any more friends, sons, daughters, husbands, going over to Afghanistan and getting killed there for no reason at all. BK, the podcast is World News with BK. Thank you, my brother. Thanks, Jesse. How committed is the communist? I'm going to play something for you when you get back. It was on Nick Jr., Nickelodeon Jr. Your jaw's going to drop. Hang on. Talk Radio Revolution, Jesse Kelly. You know, there's nothing wrong with looking cool. And when I say that, we like to carry concealed, right? We like to carry our weapons concealed because it's helping keep us safe. And I've told you time and time and time again about Northwest Retention Systems, how they are custom-made holsters, American-made holsters. I would highly recommend you check out their Scout chest holster. It's their bestseller for a reason. Very, very cool, especially if you're a guy who wears button-up shirts. Check out their Scout chest holster. But setting that aside, doesn't hurt to look cool when you're carrying a weapon. My join-or-die flags all over my holster, they look pretty good. And I've been debating whether to take the plunge and buy a 1776 holster. I actually think I'm going to do that today. Go to nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com, code JESSE for 10% off. That is a TV show called Blues Cruise on Nick Jr. It's been running for six years. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Chris says it's longer. I thought it was six years. It's been running a long time on Nickelodeon Jr. Not even just Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon Jr. Specifically targeting young kids. How committed is the communist? Again, it goes right back to Joe Biden's idiotic speech he gave. Do you have that Joe Biden speech? Joe Biden's Memorial Day speech where he had to mix in politics? Freedom. The Americans of Lexington and Concord, of New Orleans, Gettysburg, the Argonne, Iwo Jima, Normandy, Korea, Vietnam, Afghanistan, and Iraq, and thousands of places in between. These Americans weren't fighting for dictators. They were fighting for democracy. They weren't fighting 
to exclude or to enslave. They were fighting to build and broaden and liberate. They weren't fighting for self. They were fighting for the soul of the nation, for liberty and simple, fair play. Simple, fair play and decency. Fair play? A Memorial Day, we're mixing in Democrat talking points, fair play and decency. What are you talking about? It's Kamala Harris giving a speech to a military academy and saying this. You are electrical engineers who will soon help convert solar and wind energy into power, convert solar and wind energy into combat power. And just ask any Marine today, would she rather carry 20 pounds of batteries or a rolled up solar panel? And I am positive she will tell you a solar panel. And so would he. <laughs> you can't even give a speech to a military academy. Why can't they? Well, again, Back to the Blues Clues thing. A show specifically for little kids. And this is what your kid watches. Hey, Blue, look at all these families. Hi, families. It's time for a pride parade. Families marching one by one. Why do they do this? Again, it is not a hobby for them. It's not just politics for them. When you hear Democrats, you'll you'll hear them say this a lot. Modern-day Democrats, Obama said this all the time, we don't have to get political. Let's not make it political. Just do what I want. He meant it. It's not political to them. It is their religion. It is their God. It would never occur. The writers of that show, Blue's Clues, it would never occur to them to do a show for kids and not talk about their cultural Marxism. It would never occur to them. Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I talk about God to the kids? Of course I want them to know about God. And part of that is we have to waterboard everyone in America with LGBTQ plus Pride Month. Oh, maybe you haven't heard. It's Pride Month starting today. Oh, I take that back. Of course you've heard because you've been blasted with it all day long. Everywhere you turn, everything's a rainbow. It's like somebody held your face in front of a rainbow-colored fire hydrant and opened it up, and it's currently blasting your skin off. Why? It would never occur to them to back off, leave you alone, Stop this endless propaganda. Just sell me soda. Just sell me a T-shirt. Just sell me that. Stop with it. It would never occur to them. It would never occur to Joe Biden to give a Memorial Day speech and not talk about his God. It would never occur to Kamala Harris to give a speech at a military academy and not talk about her God. It would never occur to the writer of a kid's show that it maybe isn't appropriate to mix things in like that. On a kid's show, it would not, it didn't even enter their mind that it would be inappropriate. Well, that's God to them. It's everything to them. That's why they're miserable people. But it's also why 
you and I have a mountain to climb. We have a mountain to climb because they attack it like it's their religion. You and I do not. I will admit to you, I, I'm as guilty of this as anyone else. And you know, I'm committed, obviously, and believe all the way what I believe. I don't eat, sleep, and breathe it. I've told you this before. I do four hours of media a day, three hours of radio, an hour of TV every single day. When I walk out the building, I had my TV producer ask me one time, Jesse, do you ever turn it off, all this political stuff? Do you just obsess over it all the time because he does? And I said, buddy, I turn it off about 30 seconds after I take the, the, the earpiece out of my ear. I compartmentalize my life. I go home. It's about family and, and uh, food and history. I read books. And I do anything I can to not do politics. I'm not as committed. Maybe that's a problem. Hang on. Hey, Dad. Your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad. Your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey. Why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org slash caregiving. That's aarp.org slash caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Please forgive me. I was an extra minute coming back here. Jewish producer Chris is heading down to Red Lobster pretty sure that's not kosher but that's another story entirely and he was taking notes i was laying out for him exactly what to order in red lobster and you know what shout out to red lobster you know what their social media post was on memorial day it was a flag waving and all they said was thank you to those we remember and celebrate today companies that's how you do memorial day that's how it's done Gosh, now I want Red Lobster too, Chris. Make sure. Remember, like I told you, Cajun Shrimp Alfredo. Not Shrimp Alfredo. Cajun Shrimp Alfredo. Get the shrimp scampi. Get an extra side of the Cheddar Bay Biscuits. And dip the biscuits in the lemon butter that the shrimp scampi comes in. Oh, it's so good. And good for you. It's the Jesse Kelly Show. That's all.
Jesse Kelly Show. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working on the cover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me a drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink, the guys come in, I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her a hundred dollars. If you're with the mob, I say, hey Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Burna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Burna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to supporting our nation's first responders and veterans. Heroes who put their lives on the line for our communities and our country. Heroes like U.S. Army Major Jonathan Turnbull. Major Turnbull sustained devastating injuries at the hands of an ISIS suicide bomber. The complete loss of his left eye, a puncture to his right eye, he needed more than 20 surgeries and countless hours of rehabilitation. Tunnel to Towers paid off his mortgage and gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his needs. His home also gives him hope. With help from people like you, the foundation supports families like the Turnbulls. Join Tunnel to Towers in supporting America's heroes. Our nation's catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, homeless veterans, Gold Star families, and the families of fallen first responders. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to its programs.